Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, September 9th, 5.43 a.m. Central. As I speak here, December corn futures up four and a half at 6.73. We've got November soybeans up 11 and three quarters at 13.97 and three quarters. December Chicago wheat up seven and three quarters at 8.36 and three quarters. December Kansas City wheat up seven and a quarter at $9 and a quarter. December spring wheat up five and a quarter at 9.03 and a half. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it. If you're listening on that Apple app, do me a favor and leave me a review. I could use some more reviews on that app. If you guys are watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to the channel, hit the like button, leave me a comment. All of those things will help YouTube to help me uh, grow this channel. If you'd like some additional information from me, go to my website, www.standardgrain.com. Check out my premium subscription service today, guys. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of, uh, charts, graphics, lots of weather info. My daily subscriber-only videos are part of this. Yesterday, I did kind of an educational deal regarding moving averages and the 200-day moving average in particular. Why is this stuff important? Why do people watch it? Uh, what does it mean for the markets? If you guys are interested in this sort of content, sign up today, 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time, no other fee, no other obligation, nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. USDA will release its monthly crop production and WASD report on Monday morning. This deal will be out at 11 a.m. Central Time on Monday. The U.S. corn and soybean production numbers or yield numbers are the big ticket items here, in my opinion. Um, the trade expects the corn yield to decline. So USDA was at 175.4 last month. The average trade guess ahead of the report is 172.5. But when you consider the range of crop estimates that are out there in regard to uh, the U.S. corn crop, it's pretty wide. And there are really like hundreds of millions of bushels uh, that are kind of up for debate here. Um, you've got USDA at 175.4 last month. And I know the trade believes that number's coming down, but that's not a guarantee. Uh, the pro farmer number was the lowest number out there of any of the private groups that I've seen. Their yield number was 168.1. The variation between those two numbers, last month's USDA and pro farmer, that's like 600 million bushels. Um, so you're talking hundreds of millions of bushels uh, of variability here uh, within the range of estimates. And I know that the stuff that's published by the, um, the news wires like the Bloomberg and the Reuters, they're tighter than that. But I think that the, the actual range of what people think is uh, quite a bit wider, perhaps, than what the news wires had suggested. Now, soybeans are opposite kind of it seems like almost all of the private groups have fallen into this like 51 to 52 bushel per acre uh, national yield and that's kind of uh, interesting to me it leaves the door open to a surprise because if you're outside of that range uh, the market's going to react and you know a bushel on the soybean balance sheet is uh, pretty substantial when it comes to total production and the impact on the balance sheet so i think that those are your big ticket items i think the corn yield number is going to be the first thing everybody looks at uh, then the soybean yield number and then we'll start looking at the demand side of the balance sheet. Uh, we'll start looking at the global balance sheet for any adjustments. But those corn and soybean uh, production estimates, uh, in my view at least, are the big ticket items on Monday morning. So be prepared for some volatility in the markets on Monday, guys. 
Turkish President Erdogan said that uh, Vladimir Putin was right to complain about the Ukraine grain export deal. Uh, he agreed with Putin regarding his statement that Ukrainian grain shipments should be headed to poorer countries and not European Union countries. Uh, Turkey's president said this, the fact that grain shipments are going to the countries that implement the sanctions against Moscow disturbs Mr. Putin. We also want grain shipments to start from Russia. The grain that comes as part of this deal unfortunately goes to rich countries and not to poor countries. Russia's foreign ministry reiterated uh, Putin's comments overnight, indicating that the Ukrainian grain deal is being fulfilled badly. Uh, Putin and Russia, they, they haven't taken any official measures or action yet to, to alter or restrict this deal. And even if they did, I, I don't know exactly what it means for the markets. I mean, the obvious uh, thing would be, yeah, this is bullish, right? Putin's getting involved in this grain shipment deal. But how do you quantify supply and demand uh, when it comes to this thing if some sort of action uh, was taken? I really don't know. It's difficult to say. But yeah, if, if they do come in and, and um, there's some sort of restriction or they do something to alter the deal, it's it's a friendly item for the markets. I'm just not sure how you quantify it on the balance sheets. U.S. ethanol production improved last week, 989,000 barrels per day. That was up about 2% on the week, up more than 7% versus the same week last year. This is a fairly normal seasonal print. You will start to see ethanol production in all likelihood increase as harvest deliveries arrive at ethanol plants, you know, around October 1st, give or take. Ethanol stocks were off by 1.7% on the week. They are at their second highest um, level on record seasonally behind only 2019. Uh, gasoline demand is kind of interesting here. Um, on average over the last four weeks, gasoline demand is running 7.9% behind the same period last year. I think that part of this could be um, just reduced driving. But I also think part of it could be uh, some of these like, you know, gas stations, those sort of companies. Uh, they may be going hand to mouth here because they know that the uh, unleaded prices are coming down. The unleaded prices are coming down uh, partially due to lower demand, but also partially because these refiners are being forced to overproduce in order to um, rebuild stocks of, of diesel and that sort of thing. So um, if they need to rebuild diesel stocks, you're going to see gasoline produced out of that also. And uh, I think that that's part of this deal. So there's there's still this tie here between between you know crude oil and corn and ethanol and that whole deal. When crude oil goes down five dollars on the day like it did the other day, uh, the corn market has a tough time sometimes. Got some rains across uh, parts of South Dakota, parts of Minnesota this morning. Maybe the southeast corner of North Dakota. Uh, maybe some uh, places further out west. Uh, not much here in the Corn Belt. Over the next seven days, Iowa should see some rain, maybe uh, half of Nebraska or so, a little bit of Kansas, some kind of scattered stuff across the plains. Uh, Eastern Corn Belt, southeast uh, should be wet. When it comes to the six to 10 day period, which is September 14th through the 18th, you're looking at kind of a mixed bag of temperatures. Um, uh, or I'm sorry, temperatures are going to be warmer than normal almost everywhere. Precipitation is a mixed bag, uh, below normal for southern and eastern areas of the Corn Belt, and then the western Corn Belt to the like northern plains may be wetter than normal. I'm not seeing any frost risk. Again, I'm going to just mention that every day because if I do see uh, some frost risk, it's a big deal. Although you're getting closer and closer, of course, to those normal first uh, freeze dates in some of these northern areas. No weekly export sales report today. Uh, the shot on my screen is from a couple weeks ago, but USDA's weekly reporting system is still down due to unexpected difficulties with the launch of a new export sales 
uh, reporting and maintenance system. USDA has indicated that these weekly reports would resume next Thursday, the 15th, at the earliest. It may not, that's not a guarantee, but at the earliest, that's when they're coming back. The weekly export sales reports are important this time of year. They can move markets. Typically, global buyers are more aggressive with new crop U.S. corn and soybean purchases in September, October, you know, ahead of that harvest time slot. So this is information that we would really like to see, and we're not seeing it because the government system has been down uh, for more than two weeks now. The European Central Bank hiked rates yesterday. The bank will hike its key rate to uh, three quarters of a percentage point from zero. And this is the second rate hike this year following a 50 uh, basis point hike in July. So they went from negative rates and uh, they're going to a uh, positive rate here, essentially. The European Central Bank signaled that further hikes are likely in the coming months. ECB President Christine Lagarde said that inflation is spreading beyond energy and into a range of products. She said this, we want all economic actors to understand that the ECB is serious about countering high inflation. So just like in the United States, Europe is risking a central bank-induced recession as attempts to curb inflation continue. Uh, Europe's in way worse shape than we are. I mean, they've got this energy crisis that's tied to Russia. They have other issues tied to the war in Ukraine. So uh, yeah, we've got some inflation issues here, certainly, but uh, it's much, much worse in Europe. On that same note, the Fed here in the United States is likely to hike rates by an additional three quarters of a percentage point later this month. Fed Chair Jerome Powell spoke in Washington yesterday. The most powerful man in money said this. We need to act now forthrightly, strongly, as we have been doing. My colleagues and I are strongly committed to this project and will keep it. Uh, the Fed accepts responsibility for price stability. So the U.S. Central Bank continues to do the same thing that Europe's doing, and the U.S. The US has been more aggressive here. But we continue to raise rates in an attempt to curb inflation. Uh, the next Fed meeting will be on the 21st and 22nd. Now, next week, you've got inflation data out. You've got CPI, I believe, on Tuesday and PPI on Wednesday next week. So those numbers uh, could influence the, Fed the Fed's decision, uh, I suppose, later this month. The cattle market um, was mixed in live cattle, and um, we were higher in feeder cattle yesterday. There was some uh, better volumes in cash cattle, 141 in the south and uh, 142 to 145 in the north. In the outside markets, the U.S. dollar under quite a bit of pressure this morning, but has been very, very strong overall, of course. The S&P's up 37 points. The Dow's up 260. Uh, bonds about flat. Gold's up 19 bucks. Crude oil up $1.67 at 85.21 in the October WTI attempting a recovery here on Friday morning. Have a wonderful weekend, guys. I'll talk to you on Monday.